0: with back to god ministries how's everyone doing today i pray that all is well in your lives that you are walking by faith and not by sight you beloved are to never give up on the lord jesus christ amen amen all right brothers and sisters let me just take this opportunity today to say thank you thank you so very much i believe i don't say it enough on the podcast but i am eternally grateful for your support thank you i love you you have no idea what it means To me, when you tune in every time I upload a new episode. Because my mindset going into this is that if only but one person tunes in, then I know what the Lord has called me to do, it is on point. And that is to exhort the brethren to let those. Who are being wayward. Let them know they must repent. Turn around. Change your mind. And go the other way. And go back to your first love. And for those who are tuning in. For the first time today. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Because see over here. Nothing but the truth. Is being brought forth. You want to know why? There is a lot of false doctrine, a lot of misinformation, you got wolves and sheep's clothing that these babes in Christ and some seasoned Christians are still sitting up under not realizing they are being preached another gospel, another Christ, and another God. These wolves in sheep's clothing are not sticking to the Bible, not at all. They are only tickling, itching ears. So, over here on Repent and Believe podcast, we stick straight to the Bible in terms of how we ought to live now that we are in Christ Jesus. It's not legalism. Is not us working for our salvation, but an honest look at how, now in Christ, what our Heavenly Father commands, how we ought to live as we await the coming of our Lord. And so, what we talk about over here primarily is crucifying that flesh so that you don't get caught up in the world again, so that you are not on a slippery slope going back to the broad way where you will end up in a burning hell. This is all, of, this is all about exhorting one another. No one is greater than the other over here. We are all on one accord. We love Christ Jesus, and how we live our lives is to please the Father, showing gratitude for our salvation. So at times, yeah, I get a little rowdy. Yeah, I may shout and scream, but it's only to wake certain ones up, those who are lukewarm and being religious who wants to kick and scream about why they can't go on living as life as before and still go to heaven. So yeah, you, you may hear a little yelling, a little screaming. You want to ultimately know why? Because many are waking up in a burning hell. Many are going to hell and Every single second. Now, I don't know if that's the correct number, but a lot. A lot are lifting their eyes in hell. So, what we do over here is to fellowship with one another, encourage one another to do good and to not go back into sin. Because Hebrews 10, 26 gives us the warning. Number one, no one else is coming to save us but Christ Jesus. And that if we deliberately go on sinning, well, our expectation is not the kingdom, but judgment, fiery judgment. So today, We are going to be looking at what it means to crucify the flesh because, believe it or not, Christians want the kingdom of God but don't want to crucify that flesh and thus are disqualified. In other words, people want to share in the glory of heaven but don't want to crucify the flesh, to be worthy of the kingdom. They want in some part life to continue pretty much the same without the plucking out of eyes and the cutting off of hands. They fight and buck against things that we are called to put away, give up, and leave alone. Now that we are in Christ, listen, listen to Paul over here in Ephesians chapter four, down in verses 17 to 32, for this is the Christian's walk. This is our new way of living. Listen, so this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord as as in his presence, that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the fertility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated, and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart, and they the ungodly in their spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, have given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. Verse 20, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If, in fact, you have really heard him and have been taught by him, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him, that regarding your previous way of life you put off your old self completely discard your former nature which is being corrupted through deceitful desires and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind having a fresh untarnished Mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, Godlike, in the righteousness and holiness of the truth. Oh, yes, living in a way that expresses to God, your gratitude for your salvation. Mm-hmm. Therefore, rejecting all falsehood, whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors, any such as these, speak truth each one with his neighbor, For we are all parts of one another, and we are all parts of the body of Christ. Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame nor allow it to last until the sun goes down and do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. The thief who has become a believer must no longer steal, but instead he must work hard, making an honest living, producing that which is good with his own hands so that he will have something to share with those in need. Do, verse 29, do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malignance, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another, readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Well, amen. Amen, beloved. Listen, that was a mouthful. But now in Christ, this is exactly how we ought to live. And this, yes, Holy Spirit, this is a passage of scripture. That we need to keep under our belts. We must meditate on this. This right here. All of this. All of this. This is how we live now. It was so much to unpack. I'm I'm telling you. If the Holy Spirit wills. I see at least. And I mean at least. 50 different lessons that we can pick and pull apart just on holy living alone. Oh, beloved, listen, bottom line, bottom line, beloved, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5. Galatians five twenty four. So, like I asked, what we talking about today? Well, we talking about what does it mean to crucify the flesh? Because in part, it means walking in the spirit. It means frowning upon fleshly desires. It means taking up your cross daily. It means setting your mind on things above and disciplining that body. Oh, yeah. And that's the part many who profess Christ don't want to do all the time. Mm Mm-mm. They don't. So we need... Yes, I believe today may be cracking open the Bible day today because we need to do us a quick Bible study and have a read of Galatians chapter 5. Because again, we are called to walk by the Spirit of God. So here we go. Here we go. Because what... I love so much about this because it actually deals with grace, right? About how we don't use the freedom we have in Christ to just go on sinning. Just like Paul was telling us this over there in Romans 6. As he was explaining in Romans 5 about grace. And then he opens up chapter 6 over there in Romans with a question Do we take his grace as a license to sin? And he said, Absolutely not. And that's, I believe, maybe could be one. It could be number two, because number one is disobedience, but number two is that why many professing Christians are still sinning is because they want to claim grace as if it is a shield, some cover up, something they can hide hide behind as they still continue to live a life that is characterized by sin, which is also crazy because John tells us clearly in 1 John 3 that a born-again child of God do not make it a practice to go on sinning. Eventually, sin will lose its appeal. But you, Christian, you born-again follower of Christ, you got work to do. And I know many have heard, well, if we got work to do, well, then that's legalism. But see, what they keep crying about is what they don't understand they believe repentance is something you do in order to be born again that's not true there is listen listen there is absolutely nothing we could do in order to be justified even trying to keep all 613 of those laws of Moses can ever justify anyone. It's by God's grace alone. It's by God God's grace alone. So I don't know why they keep getting us confused as if we are telling folk that it's something we must do in order to be born again. What needs to be done is you got to have a change of mind. How, How else are you going to receive God's free gift of salvation if there's no changing of the mind? And that's what repentance is simply is. It's a term used when you... Let's say in this case could be talking about spirituality, right? You You were once in the world as a sinner. You behaved like a sinner. You thought like a sinner and you acted every bit of a sinner. By God's grace, he allowed you the privilege to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he allowed you to to hear the greatest news ever told to a sinful mortal being that God himself has made a way for sinners to be made right with him when they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Who came to this earth as a man, in the body of a man, fully God, fully man? He lived a perfect, sinless life, totally obedient to the Father. It was in the Father's plan from the foundation of the world that Christ Jesus would come as the promised long-awaited Messiah to die for the sins of his people. Christ Jesus went to the cross as the innocent for the guilty. He died and he was buried. And on the third day, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit who now lives in the born again believer raised Christ Jesus from the dead holy God accepted what Christ did the Bible says he is the propitiation for sins that means his sacrifice appeased God's call for justice. His justice demanded payment for sin, and Christ Jesus paid it with his perfect, sinless life on the cross over 2,000 plus years ago. Christ Jesus, hallelujah, is alive still, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven making intercessions for the saints and those who would place their faith their life their trust in the one who died and shed his blood for you well the bible promise promises you will have eternal life the bible tells us now that we are in Christ Jesus, we are to crucify the flesh. God has done everything that needed to be done in order for us to be saved. Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. And so now in Christ, We need to find out how do we live now, because we know just on the basic surface level, we cannot live a life of sin. We, I'm telling you, something miraculous happened to us. I can't explain it all. All I know is what the Bible has told us. We have been born again, born anew of the Spirit. Something happened to that sinful nature, that old sinful man in us. He died. He was nailed right along with Christ. Now, we know that's spiritual because obviously we were not there to thousand plus years ago, physically being crucified, nailed to the cross with Christ. But symbolically and spiritually, yes, we have been. And now, just like he died, was buried, and rose again, well, we too, through baptism. Now, we have put off the old man And we put on the new man. And now we find out from Christ himself and his apostles how we now live. So when you hear all of that as a sinner, something happens in your mindset. Because also, oh, what I left out was the Bible tells us about the consequence of those who reject Jesus Christ after all what I just said as per the Bible. And the person says, you know what? No, I'm good. Well, there's a consequence for rejecting the only one that can save you. Hell's fire. Hell's fire. You are already self-condemned. The Bible says in Revelation 20, verse 15, that if your name has not been found, written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation fourteen nine talks about the smoke of your torment will rise day and night, and there will be no relief for you. So when you hear the good news and the bad news, well, that gets your mind to start thinking. And you're going you're gonna to come up with a choice to make. And mind you, this choice you make, believe it or not, it is divinely prompted. Don't get me into predestination. Don't don't get me into man's free will. All I know, but the Bible is saying all of this was already prearranged for those who will accept and for those who will not accept. Don't ask me no questions. You go to God and you figure it out. Because listen, Because at the end of the day, we can go back and forth over dogma, over doctrine. But at the end of the day, Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed for man once to die. And after that, the judgment. What judgment? Revelation 20, 15. Revelation 20 from verses 10 to 15 talks about the great white throne judgment. And so when you turn from living a life of a sinner to now coming to Christ, well, what that is, it is called repentance. There is nothing in all of that we've done in order to be saved, but you got to turn. You got to turn. And that turning is simply called repentance. That's why the Bible says repent. Repent is telling sinners, turn from your evil, wicked ways and come to Christ Jesus so you can be saved through his shed blood. That's how that works. But the devil wants to complicate repentance and peg it as a work you do in order to be saved. And that's not true. I'm telling you, don't have me get my bell because I will. I will wake you up in a minute. As a matter of fact, that's for those who have never heard the bell. That means wake up. Wake up. You are being deceived. So, I told you, if you knew, this is how it goes down over here. So, Galatians 5. Now now that the gospel has been brought forth, hallelujah. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, we are commanded and exhorted from his word how we go forth now yeah so it is for, that's that's what i was saying about grace grace is not a cover up it is not some green light that gets turned on, that allows you to live however you want anyway. Now that you are in Christ, well, grace got you covered. So just go on and live however you want. Well, that's not true, beloved. Grace is amazing. Oh, we we need grace. But what we don't do is we use it and abuse it and just throw it up as if it is some ace in the hole, some, some card you got in your back pocket that anytime you want to willfully act out in the flesh, you got your ace in the hole talking about, well, you know, God's grace got me covered. Does it really? Mm -hmm. Because see, some of us over here in the body of Christ thinks the Lord is slow. He's mentally slow as if you can get it over on him. No, you can't. You can do that with man. You can't do that with God. Uh Uh-uh. So anyway, Galatians 5, real quick, right? It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. Now, what yoke is he talking about? What yoke of slavery? Sin. He's telling us don't get caught up in it again because Peter... Over there in 2 Peter 2, what is that? Verses 18, 19, and 20, thereabouts, Peter was talking about, it will be worse off for you than it was before. That if you who barely escaped hell's fire and for you to allow yourself to be tangled up and enslaved by sin all over again, you are worse off than before. And then he was saying, it would be better if you had never known the way to righteousness than to have known it, to have known it. He ain't talking about a false convert. He's talking about those who were truly like for real, for real, born again. But you got caught up. You went back to your vomit. He's saying you are worse off than before. I don't even want to know what that looks like. So back over here to Galatians. He's telling us to keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery which you once removed. Amen. And then let me see. I want to. Yep, you know what? I'm just going to just read it through. Notice. It is I, Paul, who tells you that if you receive circumcision as supposed requirement of salvation, well, Christ will be of no benefit to you for you will lack the faith in Christ that is necessary for salvation. Once more, I solemnly affirm to every man who receives circumcision as a supposed requirement of salvation that he is under obligation and required to keep the whole law. Real quick, beloved, Paul is saying if you try to keep any one of those six hundred and thirteen laws of Moses, well, you got to keep them all. I don't have today. I don't have today nor the time to get into the fact on whether or not we gotta keep the law. Well, the answer is no. No, we don't. You wanna know why? Two things. Number one, Christ Jesus went to the cross. He fulfilled the law on everyone's behalf, every jot and every tittle. He didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. And that is exactly what he did. But you got ungodly ones still teaching the law that you must tithe, you must Sabbath keep You must keep the Ten Commandments. But Christ Jesus gave us his two commandments, the law of Christ. And if followed, it covers the law anyway. Number one, love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Those two commandments covers the whole law including the Ten Commandments, because he said on those two commandments hang all the law and the writings of the prophets. Amen. And number two, the law was not even given to Gentiles. Beloved, we are Gentiles. Unless you can trace on your father's side your whole lineage, all the way back to Abraham. You are not a Jew under the law. You are not an Israelite. Don't even get me started on that on that cult that claims that black people are Israelites. We are lost tribes of Israel and all of this foolishness. And then you got another cult Another sect called Torah keepers, covenant keepers, whatever you want to call them, they stick to the first five books of the Bible called the Torah, and then yet they want to be under grace as well. They are confused, and they are stumbling blocks, and they are confusing you too. The law of Moses was only given to ancient Israel. And Paul is over here teaching those newly converted Jews who are now in Christ. He's teaching them, and by proxy, he's teaching us that they are no longer under the law of Moses. Because he's saying... Because as we will get into more of this chapter, he he was dealing with the nonsense that was going on with the churches in Galatia. Because you had these Jews talking about, well, in order to be really saved, you must keep the law too. That just having faith alone in Christ is not sufficient. And so in this particular verse, he's telling them that you keep that law, all of them. If you even try to keep one, you must keep them all. You must keep them all. So for all of these Torah keepers and Hebrew Israelites... Who wants to, you know, say, well, we got to do this according to the law. Well, Paul is saying, you do one, you got to keep them all. Otherwise, you're under a curse. I don't have time. Nope, no. Nope. So now listen. Because he was saying, under obligation and required to keep the whole law. Verse 4, you have been severed from Christ. If you seek to be justified, that is declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God through the law. You have fallen from grace. So again, he's he's honing in on the fact that you try to hang on to the law. Well, you have fallen from grace. Mm Mm-hmm. For you have lost your grasp on God's unmerited favor and blessing. For we, not relying on the law, but through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit, by faith are awaiting confidently for the hope of righteousness, the completion of our salvation." 4, verse 6, if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Verse 7, because we got to understand, right? When Paul wrote this, he was... he was vexed, to say the least. Because he's like, now, look, I'm, a, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to paraphrase it first. He's like, hold up, wait a minute, hold the phone. Who done come in here and just ran you off course? I already told y'all what the gospel was. I already told y'all how we are not under the law but we are under grace so what's the confusion what's happening he was like who bewitched you who who came in here and deceived you and you fell for it so easily oh he he was in a way verse seven he's saying to the church you were running the race well Who has interfered and prevented you from obeying the truth? This deceptive persuasion is not from him who called you to freedom in Christ. A little leaven, a slight inclination to error, or a few false teachers leavens the whole batch. It perverts the concept of faith and misleads the church. Amen. Oh, he's saying just a little drop of a lie. It corrupts the whole batch. He's saying that it perverts the con just just a little bit, just only a few false teachers, just a drop perverts the concept of faith and misleads the church. Oh, beloved, I I see 10 lessons coming out of that because this is what we battle against every time we open up our mouths, proclaiming the truth. Once saved, always saved is a lie. It is that leaven that came in and it is corrupting many in the body of Christ. He said, verse 10, where are we at? Galatians 5. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will adopt no other view contrary to mine on the matter but the one thing who is disturbing you, whoever he is, will have to bear the penalty. But as for me, brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision as I had done before I met Christ, and as some accuse me of doing now as necessary for salvation, why am I still being persecuted by the Jews? Huh? Paul is like, if he was preaching the law, as some kept claiming he was, well, then why he still being persecuted by the Jews who hang on to the law? If he was preaching the law, then the Jews would not be persecuting him. But for the fact that he is, then that means he's not, but some claiming that he, that he is. I'm telling you, the foolishness has never stopped. So let's let's <laughs> let's come on down to verse thirteen, okay? Because I I I already know. I I tried to make this short and sweet, but it's not me. It's Holy Spirit. When He wants to talk, He's gonna talk. For you, my brothers, for you, my brothers, were called to freedom, okay? Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness, but through love serve and seek the best for one another, Amen. Again, he's mentioning don't take grace as a license to stay in your filth. Don't do it. Don't go back to your worldliness and your selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. Amen. And then come on down to verse 16. But I say, Because again, remember what we're talking about today, right? Why we must crucify the flesh and what does that really look like? And what are the works of the flesh? Because many are truly ignorant about what, what are those works of the flesh, you want to know why many are confused just like I was? is because these wolves in sheep's clothing, these apostates, are not teaching the works of the flesh. They so busy talking about you living your best life now, how God wants you to be blessed and prosperous and never sick. And then when you go back home to living lovers, when you go back home to your adulterous remarriages, when you have a living spouse, but y'all got divorced, the person is still alive and you have remarried and you believe it's okay and it's not. Many are still smoking weed. Many are still Don't know how to cover up that body. They still walking around in nakedness. They still with the potty mouth. Cussing up a storm. Still smoking cigarettes. Drinking alcohol like a drunkard. I'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine or a can of beer. I'm talking about drunkenness. Being an alcoholic. People are still living carnal, worldly lives, claiming Jesus. And then when you come up on the brethren with the truth of what we're reading, here they go, well, God, God's grace has me covered. Yeah, and his grace teaches us to reject The life you are still living, it teaches us to reject all ungodliness and worldly, immoral desires. So how come you're not rejecting ungodliness? You mean tell me you think fornication is still godly? You mean tell me that you think lying is still godly, gossiping is still godly? No, it's not, and yet you're doing it. Stop, repent, turn, and go the other way. Christ Jesus is coming back. Least we all forget. So, Galatians five sixteen. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Well, beloved, that's also iniquity. No regard for God and his teachings and commandments. None, none iniquity for the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit and the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature for these two, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other continually in conflict so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do but i love a big but in the bible verse 18 but if you are guided and led by the spirit you are not subject to the law now The practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. Colon. You ready? So, beloved, if you find yourselves on this list that Paul is about to give us, come out of it. Come out of it. Ain't no need to be arguing and fussing and fighting. Come on out of it. You are in sin and you are in danger of hell's fire. Come out of it. It don't matter how you feel, what you think, and what the bishop got to say about it. The Holy Spirit is telling us what sin is. Listen, they are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irre. Sensuality is total irresponsibility and lack of self-control. we talking about lasciviousness, just, just sex, sex, sex appeal, sexiness, harlotry, nakedness, just carnal and lustful. Yeah. And many, many in the body are living in sensuality tight-fitting clothes, you can see it all just out on full display. And these are they in the choir, on the the praise and worship teams, sitting on the first row in the church. Some of them are first ladies. It's a mess. And, And some are just walking around daily, in full blown nakedness, breasts out, backsize out, and the men too got it all on full display. Mm mm, covered up. What else we got here? Yup, idolatry, sorcery. Yes, that includes drugs, sorcery includes drug use. Hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Some of you just gotta stop being so angry. Putting fists through walls, and you are a Christian arguing, fussing, and fighting, and brawling, and you are a Christian? Yeah, I'm calling you out. Look at your life. All of us, please look over your life. How are you living? Many are in delusion, self-delusion. Listen, we are, listen, deluded to think that we can live according to the flesh and still make it into heaven well let's find out what the bible says so that we are no longer deceived and deluded so what else is on this list uh-huh disputes dissensions uh factions that promote heresies envy drunkenness See, I ain't being self-righteous. I'm telling you but the Bible is saying. Just drunkenness. Drunk. Filled with spirits. Riotous behavior and other things like these. Paul is talking about just debauchery. You know, and he's saying... And other things like these. So if you say, well, I'm doing this, but it's not on the list. Well, it's lining up with one of these because Paul is like, and things like these. Mm -hmm. And then he says, just, he says, I warn, I warn you beforehand. Mm -hmm. Just as I did previously. He's telling us before you lose your soul, and before that body suit drops to the ground, he's warned us beforehand, just like he warned us before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us, well, this will show up instead. Love, which is what? Unselfish concern for others. Joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those, listen to verse 24, because Galatians 5, 24 is at the heart, glory to God, of today's lesson. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. Amen. Amen, right? Verse 25. If we claim... Uh-oh. Mm-mm. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit well, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, mm-hmm, godly character That's right. And moral courage, our conduct, beloved, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. I love it. Oh, beloved, I love it. So, crucifying this flesh, right? Galatians five twenty four. So let me just round this all up, okay? Because the concept of crucifying the flesh comes from Paul. His words Galatians five twenty. Galatians five twenty four. Let's read it again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in this verse, it's clear that crucifying the flesh is not something done to the believer, but by the believer. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. And, and if you let the disobedient ones tell it, they will say, well, anything we do is, is a work unto salvation. I know that's, that's what you want to think. That's what you have been wrongly taught we who are students of the word can read in black and white that the believer is the one who has to crucify the flesh. This, listen, this ain't got nothing to do with how we are born again. Ain't got nothing to do with salvation. This is how we live now. We, 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 Got to crucify the flesh because Jesus said those who want to follow him, guess what they got to do? Deny yourself. That means crucifying that flesh. So let's talk some more about what does it mean to crucify the flesh and get, for now, get salvation out your head. Get it out the head. We ain't talking about, well, what's needed to be done to be born again. We ain't talking about that. We have already crossed that bridge. Now we are on the other side in Christ. We got to be taught how to live. How (laughs) else? How else? Are we going to know that certain things that we were doing before, we can't do them any longer. It got to be killed. Dead. Put away with. Pick a term. It gots to go. So, the flesh, quote unquote, the flesh that must be crucified, is the sin principle that exists in our fallen human nature. In this world, we live in fleshly bodies. And the body being weak is the gateway to sin. Lord Jesus said over here in Mark 14, 38, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. It is, beloved, the gateway to sin. Our bodies, though not sinful in themselves, naturally crave comfort and pleasure, and they too often succumb to temptation, producing the works of the flesh that we just read in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. What we got to understand is that sin entrenches itself in the flesh, which becomes dominated by iniquity of all kinds. It is the sinful passions and wayward deeds of the flesh that we who follow Christ must crucify. That's the truth. Because we see Paul in other places speaks of a crucifixion that happens to the believer through his or her union with Christ Jesus. I love Galatians 2.20. I love it. It turned the lights on for me when I was playing around with my salvation. Galatians 2.20, as well as Romans chapter 6, opened me up to the biblical truth. Number one, I ain't got no business still sinning. And number two, this flesh, that, that old man, has been crucified, dead. Sin is no longer my master. Therefore, it has no dominance over me. So then why am I still behaving like I'm a slave? You want to know why? Because we want to sin. Bottom line, we could blame everything and everyone, but at the end of the day, it's because we wanted to sin. We wanted to fornicate. We wanted to smoke the re- uh, to smoke the weed. We We still wanted to drink like an alcoholic. We didn't want to give up the second marriage when we have a living spouse. Those things we did is because we wanted to keep on doing it. but we gotta understand the truth of the matter. crucify, crucify, Crucify the flesh. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. And I, I who, that old sinful man, that old sin nature, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. Romans 6.6. 6, we know that our old self, was crucified with him in order that the body of sin, that's that flesh, man, that old sinful nature, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Hallelujah. So, Galatians 5, 24 It is the believer who has taken action. Yes, beloved, action. Crucify the flesh describes a deliberate putting to death of the old sinful nature. And that's what Christ told us to do. Daily. Because his Paul's <clears throat> Paul's instruction was <clears throat> excuse me, was in fact inspired by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, who said, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Amen. We see this in Mark eight thirty four. Mm-hmm. So, take up the cross is a figure of speech closely related to crucify the flesh. Those who follow Christ are to behave like a person carrying his own cross to the place of his execution. Paul follows the Lord's words to their logical conclusion. Not only must believers pick up and carry their cross, but they must also make sure their death sentence gets carried out. Crucifying the flesh illustrates the putting to death Of selfish, sinful desires, beloved. And that is what Christ is calling us to do daily. Put to death anything that causes you to sin willfully. Put it to death. Kill it. Nail it to the cross. We are to to take that sin Nature, that old sin nature, and as it were, nail it to the cross. We crucify the flesh through repentance of sin, which is what? Turning our backs on the old way of life by saying no to selfish and sinful passions, and by utterly renouncing the flesh. Amen. Listen, this is what repentance is all about. This has nothing to do with how we are born again, as if we had a part in it. There is nothing we can boast about. The Bible tells us that there is nothing we can boast about. I can't say, well, I have repented, therefore I'm born again. Well, then that takes Christ and what he did completely out the picture. Without Christ, none of us stands a chance of spending eternity in the kingdom of God. None, none. Repentance is us turning our backs and mind on sin by saying no to selfish and sinful passions and utterly renouncing the flesh. What does my beloved Romans 6 verse 13 says? Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God amen i love that listen we who understands god ain't playing with that lake of fire we love this commandment we absolutely love this exhortation right here don't let any part of your body become an become an instrument of evil to serve sin. That's why the Lord was saying, if anything causes you to sin, he says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, chop it off, cut it off. It is better to go through life main than go to hell with your whole body intact. You got to understand, in the ancient world, crucifixion was the vilest, most shameful form of death reserved for the worst of criminals. And Paul undoubtedly wanted his readers to understand that the flesh is not to be treated with respect, kindness, or even indifference. The carnal nature is so evil that it deserves nothing but the most dreadful of punishments. Crucifixion was also one of the most painful forms of execution. And Christ Jesus endured that on our behalf, lest we forget. Therefore, believers in Christ should not expect... To put to death the flesh without experiencing some pain and suffering. Oh, but if you let the false church tell it. In this life in Christ. Oh, you will have pleasures and treasures and money, health, houses, cars and lands and a new man and a new wife. Nothing about suffering, nothing about crucifixion, nothing about giving up stuff. No, none of that. Listen, the flesh, because we just read it, the flesh and the spirit are in continual conflict with each other. So our daily calling as followers of Christ is to crucify the flesh. Romans 8.13 For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Romans 6.11 So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloved, because we have been delivered from sin and death to new life in Jesus Christ, we are to yield ourselves to God. For his good purposes and put to death, crucify, crucify, crucify. The Bible says in Colossians three, five, put to death. Therefore, whatever, whatever belongs to your to your earthly nature, colon. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, beloved. Listen, to crucify the flesh is to obey the call to Christian discipleship. It means losing our life to find it in Christ. What does Matthew 10 39 says? The Christ says, Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. So as we daily put to death the sinful nature, we begin to walk in victory over the flesh. Conquering the flesh is what Paul describes as walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, remember, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. Amen. I was thinking of, when I was reading that, I was thinking of Galatians 6, verses 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit Will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Amen. So I thought I was going to keep this short and sweet because enough really has been said for now. We all need to discipline our bodies. If we struggle against fleshly lusts, James 4, 7 has the remedy. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. It does has the remedy. Submit yourself. Mm -hmm. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yeah, James James 4-7 has the remedy. Beloved, as I depart from the podcast, we need to keep an eye on our spiritual diet and embrace the spiritual disciplines that will enhance our growth. Though disciplining our bodies may feel uncomfortable, it is for our good. Mm -hmm. Because no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Amen. Hebrews twelve eleven. We must crucify the flesh if we are to live fruitful lives, producing fruit and keeping with our repentance. And thankfully, the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness is available. For us, the Holy Spirit also helps us to keep God's commands. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age titus 2 11 to 12 thank you for our salvation Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ to save us and redeem us. Thank you, Father, for rescuing us from the domain of darkness. Thank you. Thank you for restoring us back to yourself. We honor you. We worship you. We give you praise and glory. Hallowed be thy holy, righteous, good name. Father, We have in Colossians 3 a new way of living. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, we are exhorted to put on the new self. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, and keep focus habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. For you died to this world, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will then you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because because it replaces your devotion to God. Because of these sinful things, the divine wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Those who fail to listen, and who routinely and and obstinately disregard God's precepts. And in these sinful things, you also once walked when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ. But now rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth, do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new spiritual self, who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self a renewal in which there is no distinction between greek and jew circumcised and uncircumcised oh father christ is indeed in all he is all and in all so believers are equal in christ without distinction so as god's own chosen people who are holy set apart sanctified for his purpose and well beloved by god himself put on a heart of compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other. If one has a cause for complaint against against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Oh, thank you, Father. I, I can go on and on with this chapter. Bless your holy name, Father. Thank you. Through Jesus Christ and independence on him, we give you thanks, Father. We give you thanks through Jesus Christ. I can't say it enough how personally I am eternally grateful for my salvation. Thank you for saving me. And I pray for the saints that we remain faithful to Lord Jesus, that we stick to him and to him alone, that we rely on his teachings, continue to abide in him and not become withered, broken off branches that will be bundled together and thrown into the fire to be burned. God forbid that for your children, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Be not deceived. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to. And stop sinning. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34 And Lord willing, until next time. I should be speaking to you all soon. Let us praise the living God. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.